Happy birthday, Hildred. God bless you. Yes, dedicating the entire podcast to you today. Good morning, listeners. God morning. This is Pray With Me. Let's get these blessings started. I'm your host, Pamela Staten, and I could not wait to get up to pray with you. So, let us pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh, let's just take a deep breath and just do some random prayers and just embrace the words that are written on these cards. Dear Lord, hope of the dawn, joy of the day, peace of the night, renew us, we pray. The path holds as surely as the foot will find its way. Let my small story connect to your larger one. May we breathe with one breath. May we make this day holy together. Listen to the wind so soft as it whispers and embraces our beings as one. So gentle it coaxes, so graceful it flies, lacing us together, if only for a moment, with calming peace that fills the air and is breathed into one heart, one mind, one world. Amen. In the center of my heart, May the purest flame rise up dancing. In the stillness of this breath, I can take comfort in knowing I am part of something greater than myself. Let all that breathe, breathe praises, breathe in psalms, breathe out hymns, breathe and sing and let joy resound within you. Amen. Give us good places, Lord, so that we may be in touch with those who suffer or want. Give us good places, Lord, so we may be in the sight of justice and on compassion's path. Give us good places, Lord, so we may be made ready to work our hands through the cloth of mercy and our hearts through the passions of life. Amen. May the acts of kindness I perform day by day nurture faith, hope, and courage in my friends along the way. May my humble self-denial grant another's need. May my acts of forgiveness cause resentment to be freed. May my thoughtfulness soften one whose heart is hard 
May I scatter seeds of mercy all along life's boulevard. Fire of illumination, light my way this day. May I walk in beauty. May beauty surround what I do and what I say. What is closest is not most important. Even bees know when a further flower needs a fill. Help me to see my powers of transformation, regeneration, hope, and will. Give me comfort in my questions and guide my chase. Give me vision in the nighttime as I run through trees of faith. Amen. I do not walk smooth paths nor bear an easy load. I pray for strength and fortitude to climb the rock-strewn road. Give me such courage and I can scale the hideous peaks alone and transform every stumbling block into a stepping stone. Amen. If I could, I would sing in a million voices. Each beat of my heart would become a mouth praising this earth. A song just waiting to be unleashed. My breath, Lord, is your wind instrument. Let my body be a sacred text through which your words can shine. For the blessings of each day, the mercies of each hour, the grace that fills the air I breathe, that wisdom that I treasure, the love that makes my world go round or makes my world stand still, the part I play, the lines I say, the emptiness I fill. I thank you, my creator, for loving me so well. Amen. Be back in a moment with notes from my class earlier this week. Don't go anywhere. Let us read 1 John 2 18. It says, Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest and that none of them were of us. Amen. It's the non-believers that are going to stampede the churches in the end. But we those who know the Lord will already know 
where we need to be and it will be safe. All God is asking right now is that we attract more people to him. And some people have clearly taken a stance, in my humble opinion. There are so many, many sheep who are lost. We should take up a staff and start herding them in. We have permission. We have God's strength. We are gaining wisdom. And most importantly, we have faith and we are able. God, thank you for the knowledge to know about you and give us opportunities to speak your truth. Normal isn't coming back. Jesus is. Amen. And next subject. (laughs) We are not to keep track of how many times someone has hurt us. God has forgiven us numerous times. A slave of the Lord is actually a high official. We owe God far more than we could ever repay. When you rob God, you have not robbed your equal. You have robbed the supreme being. Repent always and immediately. God is merciful and you will sin less and less because you are mindful. Repent always and immediately. Repentance is the key to the heart of God. We are to ask for God's mercy. In the book of Revelations, God is seen to the very end, trying to get people to repent, just to repent. Now, as man, we naturally lack mercy. So an example, a man can be forgiven a debt of $500 one day, and the next day find out that someone owes him, let's say, $100. Well, he will shake him down until he pays. That is the nature of man. Listeners, we are here to resist the desire to be unlike God. We have to work very, very hard on being merciful. So think of the things that you have been forgiven. And now apply that same mercy to someone that you know who is sinning. Forgive them so you can help them. We are to help our brother. We are to help someone every day. God helps us every day. Think about it. 
pay attention today, starting right now, to recognize the time that God steps up to help you. Yes, start today. I know a couple days ago, God stepped into my life and he made me take a nap. I had so much to do. So much. And God said, rest now. Lie down now. And I did. Because I'm obedient. And oh my God, did that help. God is our help. No one else. The quickest thing that we forget is how God has forgiven us. Everything that he's done for us, every time he's interceded for us, every time he has protected us and provided a meal for us. God is our help. Cease to do evil and learn to do good. Lack of mercy is wickedness. Love your enemies. Do good to those who harm you. Pray for those who hurt you. And remember, nobody gets past God. The bad are stopped in their tracks. People want to see us be better Christians. They are watching us. See, that is a key point. People are watching us. We can't one day present the face of God and then the next day not. Praying every day helps us get strong in that. If we are praying, we are not doing bad. If we are praying for our enemy, we're actually disarming them against us. Alleluia. There is an enemy, so that means all of us have an enemy, and that is the devil. He is real, God has his number, and therefore has him under control, but we don't. We just don't. And continuing, yes, God has control of the devil, but we don't. The devil's only defense against God is to get to us to try to ruin us. Luckily, our God loves a battle and our God wins. We are the ones that suffer at all entanglements with the devil. So we need to lock him out. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And there is such a thing as the wrath of God. People are sinning left and right. How do you know if something is a sin? 
you question it. If you question it, question your actions or question someone else's actions, that is your conscience stepping forward. So see, we do know right from wrong. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time. Cast all your anxiety upon him, because he's the one that cares for you. Don't live in doubt, listeners. Just believe. God's purposes for your life has some great messages. So here we go. You have to realize that the Lord's vision for you has implications that impact his kingdom both on earth and in heaven. God's will for your life has ramifications not only for you as an individual, but also for others the scope of which you cannot possibly fathom because they continue on into eternity. Philippians 1.6 says, I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. This is the reason the process you face after you accept Christ as your savior is one of refinement and of transformation. God chips away at the rough edges of self-will and earthly bondage to reveal all he created you to be. He brings you to greater wholeness so that you might reflect him to others. That is why it is also so important that you cling to Jesus regardless of the trials that arise and yield yourself to his will even when it is difficult. Your life matters. Your life matters to God and to those who will find him and grow in him through you. So do not resist what the Lord is doing. Realize that there is a much bigger picture and take heart. Jesus, thank you for influencing other people in an eternal manner through me. I cling to you as you refine me and I say yes to your good purposes. Amen. Love it, love it. (sighs) Let's talk about discouragement for a second. Psalm 18.3 I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. One of the devil's primary weapons against the believer is discouragement. The enemy works hard on our emotions, trying to persuade us that we are not worthy of God's love, plan, or blessings. He tells us that the trials we experience are evidence that the Lord has rejected us. 
he seeks to make us feel defeated because if he can make us give up, he will have neutralized the potential vessel of Christ's glory. However, understand that all the enemy has are smoking mirrors. God's love for you is unconditional and eternal based on what Jesus did for you on the cross. Absolutely nothing can separate you from his love. So likewise, the devil can never really defeat the Lord or his purposes for you. Your enemy is a defeated foe and he can only try to undermine your confidence But don't you let him. Friends, disappointments are inevitable. But discouragement, now that's a choice. Because you've already been promised the victory. 1 Corinthians 15. So, trust God, your ever-present help, your ever-present strength, your victorious deliverer no matter how things look because Jesus has never let you down and he never will. Jesus, I choose to trust you despite discouragements and trials. So thank you for giving me the victory. Amen. And now my gift to you, Hildred, today and to all of my listeners, is the gift of peace. Isaiah 26.3 says, The steadfast of mine you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. Some people have lived in a state of stress for so long that they cannot remember what it's like to have God's peace. Feelings of anxiety permeate their thoughts, and they cannot conceive how they will make it from day to day. However, this was never the way that the Lord intended for us to live. Peace is a gift that God gives each of us, a fruit of his spirit that he wants to characterize our lives. Because of this, the tranquility we feel, or the lack of it, acts as God's umpire in us. When we have a true sense of calm within, we know that we're in the center of his will. Amen. Hallelujah. If there is a lack of peacefulness, something is wrong. So therefore, if you're feeling stressed or unsettled today at any point, Stop and ask God to reveal what's going on and then give your burdens to him. He may lead you to take a step of faith. He may comfort you in your sorrow. He will call you to be courageous in your troubles and make you surrender your cares to him. And when you do, the tranquility will follow. So regardless of what you face, allow his abiding presence 
to give you peace. I need you, Lord. I cast my cares on you, Lord. Please be my peace, Lord. Amen. Stay right there. Be right back. And before we go, I want to share uh, something from Trusting God Day by Day. One of the best stories about how faith and confidence in God releases the power of potential took place centuries ago. Many parts of the ancient world were still unsettled. God promised the people of Israel that they would possess a rich and fertile country known as Canaan. He didn't promise them that they could step across its borders without opposition, but he did promise them that they would inhabit it. And when God makes a promise, he means it. So taking God at his word, the Israelites appointed 12 men to go into Canaan and to spy out the land and bring back a report. So upon their return, the 10 spies admitted that the land flowed with milk and honey and acknowledged that the fruit in Canaan was large and beautiful, but then remarked that the land was full of giants who would make it impossible to overcome. They allowed the presence of the giants to distract from the promises of God. Now, in contrast, Joshua and Caleb brought back good reports, full of faith and confidence in God. And then Caleb spoke up with confidence, saying, Let us go up at once and possess it. We are well able to conquer it. And that's Numbers 13. The ten spies thought the giants in the land were too big to kill. But Joshua and Caleb thought that they were too big to miss. Joshua and Caleb were the only two men who were positive in the face of opposition from the giants. They didn't ignore the challenges, but they did not overemphasize them. And they were the only two who entered the promised land. Being positive doesn't mean that we deny the existence of difficulty. It means we believe that God is greater than our difficulties. Believing in God can cause us to win any battle we face. When we are closed to positive possibilities, we only see what is right in front of us, not what we could see if we would simply be positive and creative. Amen. You gotta believe. You gotta believe.
He who boasts, let him boast in the Lord. If you don't believe that Jesus is the Christ and the Son of God, then there is no other believing in anything else. I believe, listeners, and I believe that you do too. Have a great day. Strengthen your faith in the Lord because he is there and he is worthy to be praised. Happy birthday again, my dear friend, Hildred. You are a good friend and God sent you. Have a great day. Come back tomorrow. Bye for now.